Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport roundup, where this week we take a look at F1, F2 and F3 at Sochi. We take a look at BTCC, the crash bang and wallop at Silverstone, IndyCar, NASCAR from across the pond in the USA, and another terribly sad weekend in the world of motorsport in, uh, uh, in terms of motorbikes as well. But we're going to start off, well, I don't think there's much to discuss really. It's a standard Lewis, one and Max Verstappen too. So nothing really... Well, 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 well. <laughs> You're taking a mirror. You're trying to wind me up again, aren't you? <laughs> Lando, Lando, what a, Lando. What a Grand Prix. I mean, I'm always getting into trouble on Twitter because I say what a boring Formula One race that was. And everybody gets told I'm living in the past and don't know what I'm saying. And it should be a high-tech form of motorsport. I can, no, we want more racing. Uh, and in fact, this everything we're going to discuss coming up, none of them were anywhere as exciting. There wasn't even much crash, bang and wallop in the touring cars, to be honest. But um, the most entertaining and exciting race was the Formula One race. They, I've said it, the Russian Grand Prix, uh, where there were so many stories to look at. That's such a boring circuit, a circuit that's known for yeah. being a really dull, boring bore fest. And it was anything but... Uh, the drama, starting with qualifying, oh, George Russell and Lando Norris. Um, you know, Lando sticking on pole position and, and George Russell uh, with uh, with third place as well, all because of Lewis Hamilton getting it wrong. Well, yeah, it was, it was about, you know, it was so much for those conditions, you know, where it's drying. You've got to be out at the last lap. I think Russell, George was the last person to cross the line, I think, to get his third. So he had the best track. He's got his tyres the warmest. Uh, whereas Lewis, of course, clobbered the pit wall coming in on his intermediates to get the slicks on. That delayed the whole Mercedes pit crew. So only he and Bottas got one lap each. And then, of course, the tyres aren't up to temperature. And Lewis spun off even because he just couldn't get the tyres working. So, uh, you know, McLaren and uh, Williams got it right. And the great Mercedes mighty um, combo got it completely <laughs> messed up, shot themselves in the foot. Uh, and there's Lando on pole and, uh, you know, it, with merit. I mean, he would have been, I think, you know, the perfect day he would have been fourth, fifth, sixth anyway, um, even if the big guns had got their acts together, which, uh, of course, Max wasn't even in the qualifying session. He'd already uh, decided he's going to start the back with a new engine. So, yeah, there was so much drama just in qualifying, you know, before we had a, a day off with the raid and then the, the Grand Prix itself. Yeah, and, and then when we come to the Grand Prix... Bad start for Lewis. Max Verstappen, of course, right at the very back. Uh, Bottas starting 16th. And again, it was exciting pretty much the whole way throughout. But the main drama came with about 10 minutes to go when the rain came in. And it was and that was proper drama. And you, I mean, there was so much that went on. There were some brilliant drives, but you can't just help focus on Lando Norris. Well, the poor yeah. and afterwards. Well, he, you know, he took the lead. He did a good move on science to take the lead. Proper overtake, you know, uh, brave one. Um, so, and then he was out. But the, the great thing, well, I mean, Lewis looked like he was going to catch the classic Formula One. You know, they, they reel in the guy because they're, they're, they're a second a lap faster. Lewis's car is, is that much quicker. But once they get within that one and a half second gap, they feel the arrow off the car in front. And Lewis was already saying, you know, I can't get near a man, man. I can't get near a man. <laughs> um, but then, then the drizzle came. Just a one corner, you know, turn five. And of course, you know, Lando's the first one to come across it. And he slid very wide once. Nearly lost the lead a couple of times. He disappeared off the road and came but back But it, re it reminded me of seeing you in your heyday when you get a lot of oppo. I've never, ever seen Formula One cars as so much oppo as, oh, as no. when that rain came in. It was just no grip. And then, you know, 
I, I actually thought myself we didn't have the weather. You know, it seems like McLaren's weather advice wasn't as strong uh, as Mercedes. I mean, Lando, to be fair, was telling his team, leave me alone, leave me alone. You know, from what he could see, he could survive because the rain wasn't getting any worse. But uh, Mercedes maybe had a better weather forecast person that said, no, Lewis, it is going to piss down in a minute. Get in. Um, of course, Max had gone in first. I mean, it, the rain was a huge he saving for Max because he... he Red he Bull got up to what seventh, you know. Yeah, he was in that big queue behind um, all sorts of Astons and Williamses and who else it was. Um, so Max was pretty much stuck in seventh. You know, his tyres were tired and he couldn't get any further. So he leapt from seventh to eventually finish second. You know, thanks to that rain, which uh, gave him a huge boost points-wise. Yeah, so it's quite interesting you know, how it would have happened, how it would have panned out. So if, if Lando got the win, if the rain didn't come, yeah. Lando held off for the win, Lewis second, and Max finished maybe six. That would have been better yeah. for Mercedes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, as it happened, it was a standard one-two for, uh, for Mercedes. <laughs> I mean, the way, the way Lando survived, though, the fact he even got back to the pits, you know, when it was flooded. We saw so many cars just aquaplaning off. And, uh, oh, Did it, you hear Lando's Lando's voice on, on his radio when when he when he's going into pits, uh, it, it was he, you could just tell he was absolutely heartbroken. Yeah. He was distraught. Well, his, his interviews afterwards, you know, with tears in his eyes. He's such a lovable character. I mean, he's going to be a gem for Formula One. You know, with these moody moody people we've had. You know, Schumacher was a bit moody. Senna was a bit moody. Lewis is a bit moody. You know, Kimmy, I think we're going to have this Kimmy wonderful the moodiest of the. <laughs> If if Moody yeah, he's, he's on... great Moody. No, I mean, he's Kimmy not. Is... He's oh, he is. He's one. <laughs> <laughs> you can't diss Kimmy. He's retiring oh. now. Don't diss Kimmy. Um, but no, the fact Lando survived those those very well. Actually, be interesting though. You just said that you know, it, if it stayed dry, Lewis is second and, and Max was seventh. Would Lewis have swapped that for having his one hundredth Grand Prix win and a less? Well, I think he would actually. He'd probably say, "Well, okay, I'd rather have the points than uh, no, the one hundredth win." But see, I disagree. Um, he, I think he's almost came a little bit desperate with that hundredth win. It was a long time coming. Yeah, it's been coming a very long time coming. But and and in terms of strategies, um, McLaren clearly nailed it. As did uh, Williams did a very good job. But it's the pit. The, the Red Bull synonymous with the sub two second. Pit I was stops. waiting for this. I was waiting yeah, for this. But... I was just about to wind you up, say, "Hold on, mate, you haven't done your pit stop analysis," <laughs> which of course changed a lot of drivers' it races. You know, Perez had a terrible one. Max was slow. Uh, so this new rule, I don't actually know what the new rule is. It's something about a light going on to show you've secured a wheel. I don't quite I haven't read the rule book, to be honest. Just can't be bothered. It's your, that's your job, Pit Stop. <laughs> why haven't you read? Can you please tell me, Mr. Weaver, what is the difference in the rules that seem to have spoilt Red Bull's advantage? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get on to that another day. They can't, can you can't. I, I, well, I, I expect know. to know by the next race. Books. I want you to go to the rule book. That's your job. <laughs> To okay. find out. Okay, Dad. Yeah, Fine. very entertaining Grand Prix. Um, well, Formula Two, of course, Formula Three support. Before we, we move got on, any more Grand Prix I've, comments. I've, I, yeah, I've got a, I've got a question for you. Who is going? Um, McLaren are clearly finding some form. They're still uh, a little bit behind Red Bull and, and Mercedes. But next year, of course, it's going to be mouthwatering, isn't it? Especially if you're British, you have got Lewis, George, and Lando, yeah. all top drivers. But I want to go back to that million dollar question, Lando. Uh, sorry, Lewis and uh, George. Who's going to be the top driver next year? It's got to be. It's got to be Lewis, isn't it? There's going to be team orders there somewhere or other. No, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I, I was thinking the you other know, because of you know what what George has been doing recently. You know, if Lewis did win the championship, which I still think he will, um, contracts or no contracts, seeing George coming 
might he actually change his mind? Yeah, you know, because I chance, think yeah. he's going to look at this and think, I'm exhausted. This season, you know, would have just drained all his efforts. And he's suddenly, oh, my goodness, you know, now I've got this George flipping Russell bloke. Um, I still think he could do a backward turn. Otherwise, I think, you know, because the first few races, if George out qualifies him and, and runs ahead of him, the team have to back George. They have to buy. They always said that to Valtteri. You know, if you're leading the championship, Valtteri, you know, it'll swing the other way. So it's a fascinating story. And of course, we don't know the cars next year. We don't know who's going to come out with the best interpretation, the new rules. We could have a broad. You know, Haas, Haas could do a broad, you know, and come out with a, a little interpretation of the regulations that puts them at the front. I mean, highly unlikely, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Formula One is Formula One is coming alive. What with this championship and next year's new car regulations, um, and the drivers as, we, as we've talked about coming up to the ranks, it's it's yeah, so let us something to look below. forward to. Let us know below who who you think is going to tip the. The, the, the podium will it be uh, George or Lewis for next year for Mercedes of course not not <laughs> overall and you're right F2 was um, there was a bit of action for F2 as well Dan Tick and well, they look, back on they the, look, the podium on, on a reverse grid race although you know we were saying give Dan some love last week a lot of um, un, um, reverse comments on Twitter that Dan should never be forgiven for what he did as a, as a young kid you know overtaking under yellow flags endangering marshals but I, I think you yeah, you take your punishment, you know, like any prison sentence. You're supposed to come out, you know, you've, you've done your, You're done a your crime, character. you've done your punishment. Well, yeah. Um, anyway, and I'm delighted because every time I, I, I dismiss these sprint races, I've hated all these, you know, two reverse grids and only one real race in Formula 2, Formula 3. But luckily for us, the, the wet weather meant they cancelled um, the two extra sprint reverse grid races for Formula 2 and Formula 3. But Dan won the first one from... He was on pole, wasn't he? Yeah, because he was 10th fastest in qualifying. That gave him the pole position. He did a professional job and, and won it quite easily. Um, and then he got from 10th on the grid to 5th in the feature race. So he had a good weekend, Dan. He's um, a brilliant, the other brilliant driver there. A, sorry, Tiff. I was just going to say, he is a brilliant talent. He's a brilliant driver. And I agree with you. Look, let bygones be bygones. He's, he's, he's served his penalty, so let him get on yeah. with it. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah, clearly, he's quite remorseful as well. They're talking about an uh, IndyCar for him. Carlin, of course, who ran his Formula 2 car, ran an IndyCar team. And uh, Trevor Carlin was saying, you know, that could be a place for him to go. I think he said after his race, he was looking at Formula E or IndyCar or DTM. I can't imagine of any Formula E team thinking, let's take on this wild car. Uh, <laughs> no, Dan, no, Dan, you're not a Formula E driver. IndyCar, your talent, could you could escape and have a great career. And the only other British driver, he's always in and out of formulas, but it's Formula 3, Jake Hughes, the, the forever he's on the subs bench. He had a good fourth place in the reverse grid, um, but then spun out in the main race on the 18th. That was our British action, the F2 race. The Australian Oscar Piastri won the uh, the maiden race from pole position, quickest man all weekend. So he's extended um, he's got his quite championship, a healthy championship yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, that's looking like it could be another Aussie trying to get into Formula 1, which would be great. So, um, Formula 3, we had a champion crown. It was there last weekend. Dennis Hauger, this Dane, has won the title by, by finishing... He only finished second in the sprint race, but that was enough. The reverse grid that was won by Logan Sargent, the United American kid. It was looking for Americans to come through. Um, wow. And then Austin Jack uh, Dewan. Jack Dewan was the, on pole position. Had a good win, again, from pole in the second race. So, that was good for him. Other Brits, we really haven't got much Brits in, in Formula 3, but I tell you who is a former a rising star, it's Jonathan Hoggard. 
because he won the McLaren Autosports thing. Must be some two years ago now, because they missed one last year. Very highly rated by the judges. He came in halfway through this F3 season with a back-of-the-grid team, and he's been sort of getting experience and working up. But he qualified a brilliant third in the uh, overall in the, in the practice, um, dropped back a bit to, what, 12th in the reverse grid race, which would have started, what, ninth or something, uh, and dropped a sixth in the main race. But Jonathan Hoggard, looking good. Hopefully next year we could have a, a British star winning F3. Because our other two, Ollie Caldwell, qualified what had a 15th had a 17th and a 10th johnny edgar had an 18th and a 14th so um for ollie was doing well he was running about third in the championship earlier on but he's dropped to eighth at the end of the season so jonathan hoggard watch out for that name next year hopefully getting the money first of all to do formula three in a top team and that's always the problem in formula three so i think i know i meant to look it up before but i think we found dennis hauger he finished about 18th in last year's formula three championship switches to um, one of the top teams or the top team and you know wins the title so the cars may look the same but you need to be with a good team it's it's still a problem in in those single-seater formulas but it's just everything is it? it's just set up and strategy and it's it's not just the cars the the whole environment it's it's quite funny but again on twitter when i when i criticize the 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 cars are too scientific in formula one you know and it was oh it's going to be you know this is the peak of science and that's what Formula One has to be and there's no room for any engineers where a brilliant engineer is going to work but you still need brilliant engineers with a Formula 3 car in fact it's always harder to get those little advantages so you know IndyCar they always say what's a spec Formula all the cars the same well no you still need a very good aerodynamics and mechanical engineers to get the best out of a much tighter almost harder sometimes to you know get that advantage but all the cars are the same yeah absolutely so I, I like Formula Three. I think it's an exciting, uh, exciting Formula. So it's, uh, it'd be nice to see some more Brits come through next season yeah. and uh, see what they can do. Um, and of course, it's a perfect funnel through to F2 and F1. So um, that that seems the logical logical step. Although F2 seems most of the most of the Formula One drivers uh, do do a season F2 before, don't they, Tiff? Well, they're, they're trying to channel it now. They they tried to push them more and more into doing that because they've got because they've got to get their super license points. So um, you can't just jump from Formula Three to Formula One anymore. So what you're telling me is I can't just jump from the Caterham Academy to Formula One. No, so, okay. no, no, no. That's that's a shame. I'm sure Toto is going to phone me if uh, Lewis did leave. But PCC uh, <laughs> touring cars. Um, it was a bit of a contrasting weekend from last weekend, wasn't it? Um, was it last week? Well, it was the circuit. We'll talk about the circuit a bit later because, you know, it's a tight circuit and qualifying is so hard with, what, 30 cars on a one-and-a-half-mile track. Um, but it, it's lovely, actually. The, the weekend, I picked out two stories from the BT that, that actually sums up the way BTC works, that, you know, you, you come up to the top, you go down to the back, you know, they contrive it so by the end of the season, loads of people can still win the championship. There's Jake Hill, who was, did so well at Croft, um, that I kept on talking about... Um, Seeing as he got up to second of the championship and underrated driver who could win the title this year in his Ford Focus. But he now had all the weight on. You do well in one race, they get loads it's of... It's a crazy, crazy <laughs> setup, isn't it? It's crazy. And with, with such tight qualifying, you know, the point two covered the top 20, I think. He qualified 23rd. This is the guy that won at Croft. But then you work hard. It's how you, you have to... The way the champions win championships is that you have to make the most of where you are. The first grid race he only got up to 21st which wasn't really that good uh but second race i think he must have lost weight i didn't get all the details because they go up and down they do a race that you lose some of your lead so with less lead he then got up to ninth 
in the second race, which, with the reverse grid little twist of show business, uh, put him third on the grid for the final race, which he won. So he goes from 23rd to winning. Whereas the other way it works is like for Rory Butcher, who started the weekend with not so much weight, dominated the pace, won the first two races. But now, of course, as he wins the race, he's getting more and more lead in his boots. Um, and with the reverse grid, he started 11th. But this is the guy that's dominated the weekend with two really strong wins. And he, and he finishes 13th. So he actually lost. Now he's got his weight on him. So he actually went backwards in the reverse. But it's a funny world it's touring a, cars. But, it's uh, a really bizarre setup. And there was a lot of controversy because it was at Silverstone this weekend, the short, what, what, the national course. Um, national circuit, yeah. National circuit, thank you. And, uh, I know, and people were saying Croft, which is you know, it's a fast corner after the, 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 the main straight. And um, but people were, were not really obeying track limits, it's fair to say. So there's a huge well, amount the, of the thing of Croft was they put the tyre stacks there. Um, but Silverstone produced an, an exact reason what happens if you don't have tyre stacks. And this is the balance because this I was embarrassed for my sport and being a BRDC member, you know, that owns Silverstone. And I'm looking the only challenging corner for me on this little national circuit, which I wouldn't bother to race on. Um, is Cops oh, Cop, Corner. Sorry, I meant Cops, not Croft. That's oh, you meant Cops, yeah, not Croft. Sorry. So I thought you were back referencing no, Croft no, no, where they were no. hitting Tower. No, but yeah, it's but it is a good back I reference. Mean, yeah. I, you know, I watched the, the Janetta Junior race where you just look at it and there's just cars miles out of this car park. And the touring cars are all doing it as well, you know, because you can go in at full throttle, go wild off the racetrack. They're supposed to be a racetrack and you get extra speed up to the next corner. We could overtake into Beckett's. And it just looks stupid. I've just found it embarrassing. I know, yeah. but they, they suppose they're warned not to do it, but they didn't seem to think. But the trouble is, you know, people talk about, which is Tim Harvey's idea for the tyre walls. You know, we must have sensors that, that, that sense when a car goes off the track. But, you know, you're still not going to get... People will still run wide simply because they made a mistake. Yeah. And because it's not a brick wall, they, they'll push their luck until they go off the track once. And then they go... And if you start trying to add up three seconds, six seconds, five second penalties, you, you won't see the race winner on the track. You'll have to wait half an hour after you watch on telly to find out after all the sums have been done who won the race. Yeah, that, Tiff, you're a sportman. You, sport. like, you like cricket and you like football, soccer. So you've got VAR and you've got um, Hawkeye in cricket yeah, yeah, and yeah. VAR in football. So maybe it'll be a good thing. Maybe at the end it's just calculating, <laughs> yeah. taking off all yeah, the those, time. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Wait a minute, they stopped the event, Paul. You missed out an important part of VAR and cricket and rugby. So they actually say, right, hold the sport while we sort out the rules, and then we know where we all stand. But the finish um, line is the stop. So they stop at the finish line and then they calculate back. So you think, has the team won it? It's a, it's a little a virtual, bit... Have a virtual safety car. A virtual safety car. Slow them all down. But we've all got to do our sums now. But it's a bit like but in no, Brazil no, when so... Hamilton tipped the title right at the end of the last lap, the last corner um, against the Brazilian Massey. Mm -hmm. um, it was like that. It, one person thought they won, yeah. the other person. So... That could be exciting. How about I that? Think, I would think gravel, I think the only answer for cops is gravel, to be honest, because that's, you know, I say with the chicanes, you can't really have the gravel because you go straight through it and bring the gravel back out on the track. But um, I think a big, as a BRDC member, I approve the cost for Silverstone <laughs> to dig up all that tarmac <laughs> and put a great big beach of gravel um, and maybe bring the fans back a bit closer because you're so far off that you need binoculars to watch when you're on the outside of cops. There That's the problem watching motorsport, you're so far away. So, yeah, it has to be a huge gravel bug, you know. I actually tweeted to another solution. I've got more, always have more solutions. 
if you had a sort of little hump, not a huge elephant curve, but a nice bright red humped curve on the edge of the curves they're currently up now, because there's so much of a car park, if you went over the hump with all four wheels, which would be easy to see because it's a bit of a hump, I'd then have right in the exit of that huge car park a little S-bend of cones, a bit like Mons or whatever, you know, so they have yeah. to break and slow down before yeah. they can rejoin the circuit. Yeah, that's a good idea. That would mean, you know, yeah. you wouldn't, you know, you couldn't gain an advantage. So you have to take the um, the emergency road, which is through the cones, yeah. which slows you down. Yeah. So that's your penalty. Yeah. You have yeah. to take that, otherwise you get a 10-second penalty or whatever it may be. Well, I would black flagged immediately if you read it. But they did they do that in Formula <laughs> One, don't they? Like at um yeah. Barcelona, the opening quarter, they have that little exit road, don't they, where you can't come straight back on the track. Yeah, bit I, like Barcelona, the term one. I still think my idea of putting the police stingers down are probably a better idea. <laughs> no, but, no, no. And there, there was one there was one quite big accident, actually. I don't know whether you saw it, but with your mate Jason Plato, uh, as he was leaving, he reversed into another car. <laughs> <laughs> So he's I look on forward. He's brilliant going forward, also good at reversing. He, he was like... probably in a huffy mood but about he's looking exactly. at his hundreds weird. He's got his 98 and now he's you know he's, he was he was on pole position um after the draw initially, but then um who was it? Poor guy got got thrown out for the ride height infringement race two, which promoted Jason's teammate to pole position. So he was second, then he fell back to that fifth. So he's probably in a right grumpy mood. He's not having a good year, Jason. And then he goes and reverses into someone. But like Jason, well, the great thing about Jason, he always sees an opportunity to make, a, make an advantage because he, he quickly put his insurance company to sponsor him, uh, saying, <laughs> I have no problems, though, with this damage. I have the wonderful, I'm not going to mention their name until they give me free insurance either. Uh, hello, Adrian Flux. I'm here, <laughs> available, tiff.needell.com. More viewers than Jason Plato, more tweeters. Um, so he turned this disaster into advantage by hugely promoting his insurance company. Um, well done, Jason. Good ploy. Adrian Flux, the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, sponsored by Adrian no, Flux no, Insurance. No, I, I got in there it. first. Oi, 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 no, get it. I'm in there first. I'm in there first. This, this is probably too small because we've got about 100 very loyal, very good. Now, we've got more than that, view, uh, listeners now, viewers and listeners. We've got more than that on the podcast as well. But if you want to, if you want to talk about uh, sponsoring the main Love Cars uh, channel, then... Uh... Yeah, go to TIFF Text TV, <laughs> TIFF uh, Twitter. More Twitters than Jason Plato. Absolutely. So BTCC, any more to add to that? Or can we go over to... Um, no, board, it's, yeah, good way, you know, obviously, as I said, Rory Butcher dominated. It was just that classic, I like the story that Jake Hill that comes from back to the front at the end of the day and, and Rory Butcher that starts front ends up at the back. I only think Tom Ingram had a good weekend. He's up to second in the championship now. Ash Sutton, again, solid top 10 finishes. Sort of, He's still got a very strong um, championship league with just, what, two rounds left to go. We love Ash Sutton. So... Oh, Long Beach, California, IndyCar. I, I tried to watch it, Tiff. I did try and watch it, but it was like they were driving around a, a Tesco's car park. It was so look, look, cars. The cars around that track look spectacular. That section after turn one by the fountain where they go, look, I just spoke to myself. You remember Singapore, Formula One? They had the yeah. wall and they had these stupid curbs sort of five feet from the wall. And the Formula One cars, if they got two wheels over the curbs that year, they bottomed out on the little flat bottoms and the steering wouldn't work and they had terrible problems. When I watched that, I thought, well, why have a silly curb? You've got a wall. What more do you need for the edge of the track? And you watch those Indy cars round there. If you'd seen qualifying when they were all on the ragged limit, Colton Herter was the quickest all weekend. And there's these little smudges on the wall, which the drivers, because they're coming, that is the edge of the track. 
You've yeah, got track so limits. There's nothing better than a concrete wall. Yeah. Um, and they're all on oversteer. It's visible oversteer, the onboards. It's not like Formula One where they sit the one lock on. So qualifying was amazing. We watched it. Herter, who was the quickest in all the testing, banged the wall, broke his toe link, ended up qualifying 14th on the grid. Um, but are loads of just grazing the wall moments, which to me, watching as a you know, just on board of a qualifying lap is spectacular. The race, I know the I racing. Didn't, I wasn't didn't watch that a qualifying. Tight. I didn't watch no. a qualifying. And I do. This is the trouble with you. You, you <laughs> part time enthusiast fan. Fair you weather. Just pick one race. Yeah, fair weather. I'm not watching anymore. And the race wasn't that exciting, mainly because Pato Award, the only guy that really had a chance of taking Alex Palou's championship lead, was, was bombs, bombed by um, who took him out? Um, Ed Jones. Sadly, he wasn't very lap happy. one. Pato was, was not a very classic, happy. Yeah. Silly happy, but it happens a lot. I remember some Caterham driver doing this as well, where um, you're so obsessed with overtaking the car you're overtaking, you don't hit that one, you hit the next one that's, that's slowing right down at the hairpin. That's what happened. And um, so uh, Pato Award got knocked out. Uh, he did a few more laps, the drive shaft broke. So really, Palou just had to cruise to fourth place. Um, which won in the title. Fantastic story. He's a Spanish guy who took himself off to Japan to try and further his racing career. Um, and he finished third in what Japanese Formula 3s. He hasn't really done much in Europe. Um, he came back to Europe in 2018, did the whole European Formula 3. He only finished seventh in the championship, nothing special. So he went back to Japan again, uh, finished third in the Japanese Super Formula, which is you know, their Formula 2, their IndyCar, um, and then got a Japanese introduction to go to IndyCar, did a, a B team last year, and now is the Easy IndyCar champion, age 24. So fantastic story, just as a young driver trying to make a career, um, which is what Jack Harvey's doing from Britain, you know, British Formula 3 champion many years ago. Um, he's, he had a solid seventh, which is a good result. Uh, and he's got news of going to a new team. We all think it's going to be the Ray Hull team, so he's going to move to a higher-up team. Callum Illert, who's uh, given up on the Grand Prix dream for the moment, he's got some backing to go and do IndyCar. He only qualified 26th, I mean, finished 26th, but he qualified 18th. He's moving up the IndyCar. He's got a full-term ride next year. Uh, Max Chilton out there just enjoying being a racing driver, I think. <laughs> uh, had a reasonable run to 15th. But, of course, Colin Herter came from 14th to win round this street course with strategy, a lot of help by the models at the first lap with the people damaged at the hairpin, not just um, award. So I know, but it's just, to, just think, put your driver's hat on. There wasn't much overtaking. It's a bit of a, a tough part, but the close proximity to the concrete walls just makes Long Beach an amazing track to watch drivers drive around. Yeah, big, big respect and admiration for, uh, for how close they get, how consistent they are as well. Yeah. Um, so can we move to Las Vegas and NASCAR? Yeah, no, that wasn't good either. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't watch that one. You would have said, I'm never watching NASCAR again. That was so boring. I mean, Vegas is not is a one and a half mile track. It's not around. There's lots of good close racing. There always is in NASCAR. Um, also, it wasn't such a good weekend because Carl Larson didn't win. Denny Hamlin, of course, uh, took all the... Yeah, the Toyotas are coming strong. I think they came, they were the top last week. They really are coming strong because Hamlin won in the Toyota. We're building up, of course, to this, you know, the last, we're going to be down to the last eight, is it, after the last, however many, nine, eight, after the next two races. Because um, third was, um, got on the right page of your notes now. I've got to turn a page now. Third was the other car, Carl Bush, and fourth was Martin Truex. Uh, Larson was up with the front, but then he faded to end up uh, down in, I don't know where, 10th or something. And Chase Elliott was the best Chevy in second. So it's building up, building up, but no, Vegas wasn't one of the best tracks. Okay. 
Um, TFS so, get a two wheels and and start with the uh, the sad loss. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's all. I mean, we're both parents. I mean, you don't have to be a parent to to understand how sad this is. Fifteen years old. Uh, Dean Berter. How do you pronounce his last name? Tiff? Vidalis. Vidalis. I think. Yeah. He's the third teenager this year. I think there were a couple oh. earlier this year. One in America, oh. and there was the other one in down in Italy. And of course, worse. I mean, he was he was riding for his um his his uncle's team. His cousin is Maverick Vinales, the, the MotoGP rider. Right. So he's riding for Vinales' team, and it was in Spain, and you know it's just awful. Um, but that is the bikers know it. You know, this is the problem. If you fall in the middle of the road, and there's other bikes coming down the track, it's it's a very hazardous sport. And that was um, in the Superbike um, support race. Yeah, World Superbike. So they didn't run oh. on the Saturday, obviously, further to that, uh, which meant they didn't have three races. They didn't have the Super Bowl race. Um, but the two main races, Top Prak, Razgotlioglu, won them that. both. He wins so often, got you've, right got that, you've got that name got to a now. team now. So Jonathan Ray, now he's looking for his seventh successive title, Jonathan Ray. He's won the last, he's dominated this formula. But uh, Top Prak's now got a 20-point lead with three rounds to go. So um, maybe that's it's very exciting. I mean, it was close racing again at the top of the, the grid. Um, British Superbikes, again, if you're up at Alton Park, fabulous racing. If you watch on the television, on BT Sport, I think, isn't it? Um, it's great racing because, you, you know, you see this human being, you know, with shoulder to shoulder. and It's amazing stuff to watch. I saw your um, tweet with Susie Perry, um, because of course, in other sports, uh, Southampton, the Saints. You didn't have to, no, this is a motor. I'm sorry, this, this is a, and, this uh, is a, a motorsport podcast. Your, your tweet didn't uh, age very well, did it? Because you, you're already claiming the three points and, uh, and, and winding yeah, Susie Perry up. Anyway, no, yeah, no. With the lovely Susie but, Perry. <laughs> what's, what's, Alton Park, what's Alton Park like? Is it better on two wheels or four wheels? Oh, I think the four wheel, the bikes around there, just I both, I think both cars and bikes love going to Alton Park. You know, it's such a challenging circuit, ups and downs and hollows. And, and um, but you know, uh, Jason O'Hallan, the, the Aussie that's been winning the title, uh, he's been ran away with a main championship. But now they've switched the NASCAR system in superbikes the last three or four or five years, I think, where the points get reset. You get some bonus points in, for a number of races you won early on. And it becomes a sort of six round. Um, eight riders that have qualified shootout. No, Halloran lost it in the lead in the, in the first race, high-sided himself out of Nickerbrook, which was a bit scary. Um, I think he only got a second place in the, in the next round, and then he crashed again in the third race of the day. So the guy that looked like he's walking to the championship now has his teammate, Tara McKenzie, leading the championship, uh, who won one race, and Tommy Bridewell on the Ducati, he won two races. So lots going on with two rounds to go in the British Superbikes. I was looking at my phone actually. I was trying to find out where they came, but we got two other things to report very quickly before we uh, uh, tell you what's coming next week. But we had Nick Pontin, who does videos on love cars. He was uh, racing at Donington, and he did okay. He said it was he because he used to do a little bit of Ginetta, a uh, little bit of racing in his youth, and um, he just couldn't believe how uh, tight the standard was. And of course, um, Ben, Mr. Collins. I was just trying to find out how he got on at Zolder. He did the twenty-four hour with. Um, uh, oh, we did the name with, the, yeah. Yeah, with Prague. Uh -huh. They had some bad, they had, put it this way, I know they didn't finish on the podium because he was reporting throughout on uh, on Instagram. I haven't spoke to him since, but we saw him last week. But but um, he was reporting throughout and he hasn't put the result on, which is normally <laughs> normally a sign that they didn't Don't you hate that? Because my, my brother's Barwell team, who, oh, I forgot about that. They won the um, sprint championship from the, uh, the BTC, the 
BTC, GT3 Global. So I forgot about Brilliant. that. Brilliant. Sorry, Barwood Motorsport Champions. Of course, that's the team that battles with um, Chris Harris's uh, Garage 69 team when Chris raced for them. So uh, one up against Harris on that one. Yeah, Barwell won it. But they're a bit like that, Barwell. They tweet, tweet while the race is going well. And then all of a sudden, they don't tweet anymore. The race is finished. <laughs> I always phone my brother up and say, Look, you, can't, you can't opt out. You know what? If you're going to live on social media, you've got to die on social media and put the uh, final result down for those that have been following like you were, loyally following. I will, I will text or call Ben and get an update somehow on, uh, on this channel as well, find out how he did. But what well, amazing experience. And, and, of course, that's where you had your first ever Grand Prix. Am I right in saying that? Zolder, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Zolder. there you go. So, Fun track. Walls are still very close at Zolder as well. You don't go far <laughs> off there without hitting something hard. And if you haven't seen the Praga, look it up. Have a look at that because that's a, a mean-looking car. That's yeah. a great-looking car. I think they'll cater. They've got a one-mate championship next year. So it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. it could be a caterum, you know, go from caterum one-mate to Praga one-mate to GT3s or something. So they've got a good one-mate series coming next year. Great-looking little cars. And, and Ben says they're wonderful to drive. Yeah. But then he's employed to develop the cars. So <laughs> no, he's not my, employed he to develop likes. cars for them. He just enjoys driving them. So he does it for nothing. He does it for nothing. I'm not. I'm not here at liberty to uh, disclose any financial contracts Ben may have. <laughs> You'll have to ask Ben. So next weekend is some um, World Rally Championships in Finland. Is yeah, it? always spectacular. The thousand. That's the we should call the thousand lakes. Dude. They're huge, just high speed yumps and yumps at hundred miles an hour. Um, so that, that'll be spectacular watch, and um, hopefully we're going to a, a closer competition. You say that, then next week you'll say, oh, that was boring, wasn't it? Well, it might be, if someone gets an early lead, and you know. <laughs> MotoGP's um, in the USA, um, World yeah. Superbikes in the Algarve. They seem to spend a lot of time around Spain and Portugal. Um, British Superbikes up in Donington, we just mentioned Donington, and it's uh, Talag... Talladega Nights. Talladega, baby. Talladega Nights. This is the craziest. Jacob Bates. Jacob Bates. Where's this big, like, global E-series going? What's that called? You know, where they take these Jamie Chadwick and all those guys are going all over the world. What's that formula? I don't know when. Well, according to my clipboard which I put I put all of the... Extreme Extreme thank you very much. Tim. And according to my global board here. Oh, must, must be due to come up soon. October the 24th. They're going to uh, the they're going to Sardinia or somewhere, which is a real, real extreme um, place. <laughs> Sardinia. Um for that's their final one. Yeah, October the 24th. Good stuff. Okay, well, thanks for joining. Yeah, so, as so rallying, lots of bikes, yeah, Talladega. I mean, if you want to watch a big 200 mile an hour crash, then sit through. <laughs> it's just there's a pack of 40 cars going around at 200 miles an hour three wide four wide go wide go close go low <laughs> i can't watch that and not think about um and who wins it you won't know who's gonna win in that race <laughs> until the last inch because they go across the finishing line pushing each other backwards upside down however they want to finish talladega baby um it's a Brilliant. spectacular, it's a long night. There are boring bits for those lightweight viewers that say, oh, I've got to switch off now, bored with this after about five laps. Watch it till the end. Okay. Go Sky. It's not on Sky. Well, yeah, use your Sky. It's on, it's on, um, it's on, what's it on? Not on BT, it's on the other one. Premier. Okay. Premier. And then, so time 30 when it's a bit boring, you're a bit bored, and then build up to, or just watch the last one hour of it. Okay, on that note, shake and bake. See you next week. Cheers. Cheers.